What's up, everybody? Welcome to Building Our Power. This is Gabby. And KT. We're back with another episode. Thank you for checking out our last one entitled F Friends When You Have Money. Um, so, if you'd like to hit us up, contact us. You can do so at Building IPWR. You can also comment uh, in our YouTube. Uh, we usually are quick to respond. Um, again, if you'd like to donate to the work we are doing, um, as I stated last episode, we are trying to focus on, uh, clothing specifically. If you have any extra coats, hoodies, uh, long sleeve shirts that you'd like to donate, email us and we'll figure something out. Uh, or if you'd like to just donate monetarily for us to stock the pantry with that. Um, I just finished stocking it up with, um, a lot of long sleeve shirts that I, that I had, um, and button downs and stuff like that. So we're we're trying to make that our little mission right now. Uh because you know, people are pretty much for the most part giving food, but we know it's going to get cold and so the number one need is going to be staying warm. So yeah, if you'd like to donate to that, you can do so. Link is in the uh description. And uh if you'd like to join us in the work we're doing, meet up with us, you could do so. Link is in the description. All right, KT and I are going to be discussing a New York Times article that was released this week entitled Medical Care Loan Won't Halt the Spread of Diabetes, Scientists Say. So, um, yeah, we're going to read this article and we're going to discuss it because um, some very interesting information uh, has been confirmed by by scientists, stuff that people have been saying uh, for a long time. Uh, So, KT, do you want to start off reading? Sure. Okay, so to start off, it says, Now experts are calling for walkable communities, improved housing, and access to health care and better food, particularly in minority communities. Over the past 50 years, medical advances have led to a more sophisticated understanding of the causes of type 2 diabetes and to an abundance of new tools for managing it. But better treatments have done little to stem the rise of the disease. One in seven American adults has type 2 diabetes now, up from one in 20 in the 1970s. Many teenagers are developing what was once considered to be a disease of older people. 40% of young adults will be diagnosed with it at some point in their lives. Researchers who study type 2 diabetes have reached a stark conclusion. There is no device... No, pow- no drug powerful enough to counter the effects of poverty, pollution, stress, a broken food system, cities that are hard to navigate on foot, and inequitable access to health care, particularly in minority communities. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So pretty much, you know, what we've been preaching since the beginning of time Stuff that are needs. Stuff that people do not have because of capitalism. Because of this system. It's literally, we did an episode about this. Capitalism is killing black people. Remember we did one a little bit over a year. Check that out. We literally said, what did we say? We said heart disease was a disease of capitalism. Yes. But this can be tied right back up in it. Diabetes is as well. Because the only reason these things are a problem right now is because capitalism has gotten to the point where it's just, it's gotten worse. And so people like to talk about the 1970s. We'll, we'll 
get back into it. People like to talk about the 1970s and just be like, oh, it's just the food was better. People had, uh, there wasn't all these additives and things up in the food and all this other stuff. But also, economically, things are different now than it was in the 70s. That was pre-Ronald Reagan. Yeah. And him cutting everything. That's true. Cutting all the, the food programs, the, the school lunches, all this other stuff. Stuff that could help people be able to at least have a little bit. He cut all the stuff with uh, pretty much anything that could possibly help people, he cut. And so, therefore, we just had a constant spiral down to where we are now where people literally are giving crumbs and very few people and expected to, you know, live a uh, a quality, healthy life. Yeah. I want to kind of say, and a lot of people have said this on Twitter, but I'm just going to, like, kind of affirm them. Fat and people who are disabled have said this now for decades. We have said that your material conditions are what shapes your health, are what shapes your everyday life. Your environment is what shapes your everyday life. Your childhood into adulthood, your quality of life as a child shapes you into adulthood all of every single part of your life where you live where you grew up where you went to school all has an effect on who you will be as an adult mm-hmm. and what diseases you will get just like not even if we want to look at diabetes but if we think about uh here recently in Memphis they were talking about there's a community who have literally been poisoned for probably like uh what four decades four decades now or longer who have been poisoned because the US uh put a whole bunch of nuclear stuff underneath the ground and so now that nuclear stuff is leaking into the water system and causing that entire community to get cancer, ovarian cancer, breast cancer, cancer. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's just like, to me, as someone who, who is fat, who did grow up poor, who's still poor, who literally would only have access to, or wouldn't have access to healthcare if it wasn't for, like, Obamacare. Um... It's it's just offensive because these rich people we're and we're gonna go down into the articles more and we're gonna talk about it. But these rich people really still after this research, their their solution to it is still so individualistic. It's exhausting. It's so exhausting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Anyway, let's continue. All right. Our entire society is perfectly designed to create type 2 diabetes, said Dr. Dr. Dean Schillinger, a professor of medicine at University of California, San Francisco. Quote, we have to disrupt that, unquote. Dr. Schillinger, or Schillinger, whatever, and nearly two dozen other experts laid out a roadmap of doing so earlier this year in a comprehensive national report to Congress on diabetes, the first of its kind since 1975. Interesting. It calls for reframing the epidemic as a social, economic, and environmental problem and offers a series of detailed fixes, ranging from improving access to healthy food and clean water to rethinking the designs of communities, housing, and transportation networks. 
Quote, it's about massive federal subsidies that support producing ingredients that go into low-cost, energy-dense, ultra-processed, and sugar-loaded foods, and unfettered marketing of junk food to children, suburban sprawl that demands driving over, walking, or biking, all the forces in the environment that some of us have the resources to buffer ourselves against, but people with low incomes do not. We feel impotent as doctors because we don't have the tools to tackle the social conditions people are grappling with. The report issued in January calls for setting up a national policy office to roll out a far-reaching strategy to prevent and control diabetes. The document also pushes for a greater involvement of federal agencies, like those regulating housing and urban growth. That may seem to have little to do with health, but could play a role in reducing the spread of this disease. The recommendations are intended to tackle the so-called social determinants of health, said Felicia Hill Briggs, Vice President for Prevention and Northwell Health. Quote, when we move beyond thinking of health as just biological disease, when we're able to see that conditions in which people are born, grow, work, live, and age play a very, very key role in influencing who gets diseases and what the outcomes of diseases are, Dr. Hillbridge said. Being born into poverty should not determine whether you have access to food or green space or an educational system that works. Each patient with type 2 diabetes faces a cascade of risks, including painful nerve damage, vision loss, kidney disease, and heart disease, as well as foot and toe amputation. As of 2019, more than 14% of Native Americans and Alaska Native adults had diabetes. According to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the figure for black and Hispanic adults was about 12%, compared to 7% for white adults. Maria Garcia, a 58-year-old restaurant worker in San Francisco, developed type 2 diabetes after a pregnancy almost 30 years ago. She has developed numerous complications over the years, including digestive problems, vision loss, and nerve damage so severe that she has trouble walking. At night, her, feet, her legs feel as though they're on fire, she said. She has given up sweetened soda but said she can't afford to purchase healthy food like lean meat, fish, and vegetables on a regular basis. It was very different in the small village in Mexico where she was born. Quote, fresh food was really cheap and sweets and candies were expensive, she said. We walked everywhere, even just to go to the store. Unquote. Many of the recommendations now urged by diabetes researchers are both politically unpalatable and costly. Ha! But they could save money in the long run. Sorry, guys. One in four healthcare dollars goes to treat diabetes, and that costs the nation $237 billion annually, along with $90, $90 billion in reduced productivity. Okay, so we're going to stop right there. I just had to comment, and y'all, these people said, but no, they're being truthful. No, that's the thing. I can't scoff at people telling the truth. Yes, this is unfeasible. Yes, the government is never going to pass this. Yes, please don't give these people false hope. Do not give these people false hope. But what we can do with this information as uh, anarchists, communists, whatever, this only makes our arguments stronger. Why are the reasons, what are the reasons that we have no more walkable cities? 
because these damn automobile companies have pretty much run the world, run America for the past gajillion years, and they 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 make the decisions. They they, they decide to put highways in the middle of our neighborhoods uh, in the the forties and the fifties. They decide to you know make the sidewalk small as hell. You can't even ride your bike on the sidewalk no more. They decided all these things. Why is the food so expensive? Are we setting the prices? Are we setting how much these farmers are getting paid? Are we setting our wages to even buy the food? Are we doing any of that stuff? Are we setting uh, the places that we live? Do all of us have a legitimate choice to live exactly where we want to live in food deserts? Did we choose to live in a food desert? Like... All of this stuff is intentional. So I thank them for this study. I thank them. Maybe it will get people to think. But they were absolutely right. What sense does it make to tell to ask the person that caused the problem to help you solve the problem when the problem is benefiting them? So uh, there's a little bit more of this article. Uh... And I just want to prefer preference here um, that they're going to give some proposals as to what we should do. Okay. And uh, so here we go. Here's some of the proposals. Number one, subsidies for farmers to grow healthy foods like fruits, vegetables, and nuts in order to make them more affordable. Are you fucking shitting yeah. me? Number two, paid maternity leave for working mothers so they can breastfeed. A practice associated with lower risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes for both mother and child. <laughs> okay. Number three, clear guidance from the government about the strong link between sugar-sweetened beverages and type 2 diabetes. Mm. And number four, improve nutrition labels that specify the amounts of sugar in drinks and teaspoons. A measure that consumers can easily grasp rather than grams. A 16 ounce of Starbucks Frappuccino contains 11 teaspoons of sugar. A 16 ounce bottle of Snapple Raspberry Iced Tea has nine teaspoons. Okay, so I, I'm going to go down in a rant, okay? So number one, subsidies for farmers. That makes no fucking sense for poor people. I don't give a fuck if farmers can grow more fruits, vegetables, nuts, oh, and healthy foods if I cannot fucking afford to make them or eat them or buy them. Okay, number two, paid maternity leave for working mothers so that they can breastfeed. Are you fucking shitting me? You should already have that, not just because of type 2 diabetes. Uh-huh. Number three. Clear guidance from the government about the strong link between sugar-sweetened beverages and type 2 diabetes. What these people are not understanding is that sugar, specifically, does not give you diabetes, okay? It's an insulin resistance. It doesn't have, you can be somebody who uh, eats a million grams of sugar a day and never get diabetes. Because your body is not resistant to insulin. 
And that's how your body works, okay? It has nothing, it has absolutely nothing to do with how much sugar you're eating versus how much you're not. Which takes us to to number four, which explains that, again, it has nothing to do with how much sugar you're eating versus not, on top of the fact that these people are making it out to be an individual issue. So at the end of the day, it's your fault that you didn't get the Snapple Raspberry Iced Tea with nine teaspoons, as opposed to the Starbucks Frappuccino that has 11. So enjoy being diabetic. Well, it's interesting is, like you said, the individual thing. Like, they're not telling the corporations to stop making these sugary no. drinks. They're not telling them to re- reduce the sugar or nothing. They're saying, corporations, y'all keep doing whatever the heck it is that y'all doing to have fun. Now, if these other people, if, if y'all end up getting the diabetes or y'all end up getting whatever, the sugars or whatever, then that's on you because we literally told y'all what's in here. We put 300 t- tablespoons of this good uh, uh, tasting juice on the corner stove. But because you drank it, you chose to drink it. You chose to you chose to go to McDonald's. You chose to go here. You chose to go there. What are the other options? I mean, again, that only wraps it back around. Think about what we literally just read. What did we just say? Environment. Where you're born. Who you're born to. But think How about this. Grow. They said they said Starbucks. Think about the people that drink Starbucks. That's that's people with money. That's middle class. That's that's uh maybe your richer people. Most working class people do not even have a Starbucks in their neighborhood. No. So they have all these sugary drinks, but they do not have the same risk of getting diabetes. Hmm, I wonder why. Now we're See, the, now we're getting to the point. Now we're getting to the point. Okay, so it says the report also proposes hefty taxes for 10% to 20% on the price of sugary drinks. The beverage industry has aggressively fought similar efforts in the past, of course. William Dermody Jr., a spokesman for the American Beverage Association, pointed to studies showing drops in the consumption of soda and other sugary beverages, not counting tea and coffee drinks. But taxes have had little effect on consumption, he said, maybe because it's still about access. Even the American Diabetes Association prefers more public education about the risk of sugary drinks to taxes to taxes or punitive measures, said Dr. Robert Gabby, the association's chief scientific and medical officer. Of course, um, ADA is still, that's a a uh, corporatist-ass organization. The conflict between the food industry and researchers has raged for decades, but the fast-spreading epidemic of type 2 diabetes has lent greater urgency to questions about improving what Americans eat. Healthy, unprocessed food is more costly, which has led many providers to open their own free pantries so that patients with food prescriptions can pick up produce, beans, and items like cans of low-sodium turnip greens. Who the fuck wants to eat low-sodium turnip greens? I mean, it might be good. But here's my thing. No, no, check this out. Check this out. A hospital has to open up a food pantry. Yeah. Because its patients don't have no grocery store or can't afford the vegetables. Uh, yeah. And then it also says, it says, The food pantry at Nashville General Hospital helps Arlene Hicks, 59, who is unemployed and has diabetes, prepare healthy dinners, or prepare healthy dinners. 
For her first two meals of the day, she eats as cheaply as possible. Usually knock off toaster pastries that are filled with sugar. Which she follows with two tablespoons of peanut butter to bring her blood sugar back down. She knows that toaster pastries are not nutritionists. But they're cheap. She lives on a monthly income of $607 and $100 Damn. in food stamps. I get coupons for them in the mail, Miss Hicks said, as she picked up zucchini tomatoes and easy-to-follow recipes at the hospital's food pantry. This place has been in heaven sent. A heaven sent. Uh, as somebody who is poor, I absolutely uh, affirm her because I also eat those toaster pastries. They are extremely cheap and they keep you going for a shorter, short to long period of time because they do have that extra sugar in them. But what I do want to say is, is that why the fuck? Is that hospital open up a food pantry as opposed to just give people access to diabetes medication that fucking need it? How come all the money that those people are making, those doctors are making, those administrative people are making, they can't just give some of that income to that fucking lady so that she can have a better income? This Girl, article is doing nothing but pissing me off. But. Girl, you asking, you asking capitalists to have common sense and to actually have empathy. You're you're asking the world of these people. You're asking too much. Um, some of the concerns expressed by diabetes researchers have been addressed in recent federal legislation. The Inflation Reduction Act, for example, capped the copayments that Medicare pays Ch- Shell out for insulin at $35 a month and included $50 billion to strengthen the nation's drinking water and wastewater systems. The report's authors also want to make it easier for patients and people at risk for type 2 diabetes to take in-depth courses to learn how to manage and prevent disease. Doctors often say that managing diabetes is like having a full-time job for people who already have full-time jobs. Uh, Loretta Fleming, 53, who lives in New York City, did not know how to keep her blood sugar under control until she enrolled in peer education classes through Health People, a nonprofit at a community center in her neighborhood in the Bronx. I saw dietitians and nutritionists at the hospital, but their education didn't match what I got from this program. Ms. Fleming said, though the classes she has learned through the classes, she has learned to limit bread and sugary drinks and to check her feet every day for sores that could become infected. She has lost over 100 pounds and has also become a peer educator. I used to think, drink a three liter soda every day, she said. It was a ritual. I had to have my soda. So I had to get rid of that. I didn't know it was bad for me. And that is the end of the article. Which, why, why did it end like Why did it end like that? Because, again, it's still an individual issue, and God forbid, you know what this reminds me of? Like, the ending here just reminds me of whatever, what those capitalists tell people who are fucking poor and who can't afford anything, even though they're working a full-time 40-hour job. They're like, oh, maybe you should just go get some financial literacy, and then you'll be able to understand it. Like, they, they basically just said that at the end for a lady who fucking has diabetes. Girl. And here's another thing that people that they don't address and something that will have to be addressed. Working class people in cities like that, even in the country, people are working ridiculous shifts. A lot of times they have to stand on their feet. They're bending. They're, move, they're doing this. They're doing that. 
people, what, what avenues do these people have to relieve stress during the day? What can they afford? Can they afford to go to a spa? Can they afford to, to go get their manicures and pedicures every week? Can they afford to go to that hot yoga class? What, what, do, what, do, what do people have in their immediate vicinity to, to relieve stress? Well, I could go maybe go party somewhere. I could go hang out, maybe watch Netflix. I can go to the store and get me a nice little drink or something. I can go get a snack. I can relax and get me a nice little pizza or something like that and just chill out. People don't think about stuff like that because when you have a little bit of money, you have other options. It'd be like, well, well, let me take a little quick vacation over here to Nashville to just relax and unwind. Let me go over here and just go get pampered for a week and, and, and then I'll feel better. Like, what, we don't even have avenues in America for people to de-stress without spending money. The only avenues we have that are immediate and cheap is food or that's that's really all we that's, that's really it. all it all it is. Or go walking at the park. If you have a park to walk if to. If you even have a park in your neighborhood. And that's what that's the thing, yeah. And you have to take a car to the park. It's just like yeah, I'm, this article just really shows me and just really told me truly that, again, no matter what, we can have all these studies. We can have everybody say it's an environmental factor. Um, it's where you're born and where you're whatever, everything else. And they're still going to boil it down to, well, you know, maybe you shouldn't just drink all these sugary drinks. That was, you know, that's, that's, really that's the interesting thing because they did, they did spend a lot of time in the beginning talking about this is what the scientists have found. And this is what they propose. But we know it's probably not going to get done. And actually, you know, the beverage companies say people ain't really drinking drinks. And you know, the diabetes people said, really, that's not even the best the best uh, measure to restrict those types of drinks from being sold. And really, you know, really, you just need to go to them classes or go to the food pantry and stuff like that. It literally like, it just that. ended on that. It didn't even go back to the main point of the thing. Why would you end on a, talking about a lady taking a class and not end on the, 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 the main topic? of the story like that was that was done intentionally so that people don't have to think about the structural issues that they are talking about they literally are saying recap america this economic system the way that this system runs these politicians these corporations benefit Financially, the healthcare industry too. Why they acting like the healthcare industry is getting hurt by these literally. diabetes patients? They literally get rich. They literally live better lives if we live worse, worse lives. They, the America runs fine if, if if we're living in these terrible conditions. And I feel like the only reason why now they're making a big story about it is maybe because with all these people that died from COVID, now you get all these people that already were maybe had diabetes or got diabetes or whatever, and that's making a smaller workforce of people to work. I don't know. Or it's maybe it's got something to do with that. Uh, people working and maybe it has something to do with the life insurance company or something with insurance I feel like uh somebody said something about rice being um what what was it it's like underproduced or something like that maybe it has to do something with even even sugar 
uh, being food shortages, un- yeah. yeah, food shortage shortages. It's a possibility. I don't know, but I do. Th- I just, I just feel so upset about this article. I feel so upset about how they, at the end, wrapped it back to it's your individual problem, and these corporations are going to do nothing for you. Yeah, we can propose something to the government every single day if we wanted to, but it's not going to make a difference because you know Miss Hicks, um, she eats toaster pastries toaster pastries every single morning and then you know then she can go to a food pantry so it makes life a lot better for her that is the most depressing thing i've ever heard in my life that is the most depressing thing but it has to be something it's like her fault. The, but i'm saying the reason that this just the fact that this became a big article like stuff comes out about diabetes all the time stuff comes out about heart disease all the time the fact that this is a big story and they're reiterating the fact that a lot of people are getting type 2 to be diabetes it's it must be affecting their money in some way yeah because type 2 diabetes is considered like uh one of those conditions like whenever they say do you have any of these disabilities whenever you sign up for a job and then people who have type 2 diabetes they have to eat certain times of days or certain time of the day they have to make sure that their sugar is at a certain level a certain time of day so I'm sure that people who do have type 2 diabetes absolutely put yes I have diabetes and so then they get to take extra breaks and things and that messes up their workflow they're not getting the same amount of money out of those people yeah. as they would they may have to get some leave going on they have um, to go uh, into surgery and stuff yeah also health care they said that they're uh most of that health care is something like 200 something billion like they're paying 200 something billion maybe they're tired of paying 200 something billion billion and they want to give that money to um the farmers so that they can make some more nuts i don't know it, it but yeah, I, there's something there, and they're going to try to do the do the very, very, very least to get just one little slither of uh, not losing some money. So the most I can see them doing is having them put them labels on it on the thing. Like I don't even think they'll do that. That's the most I even see them doing because everything else is literally structural. Everything else is literally don't be a capitalist country. And that's never going to happen. So, uh, yeah, guys, let us know what y'all thought about this article. I just I just thought it was very, very interesting. And, uh, you know, they say the quiet parts out loud, and all we can do is, is listen and take heed. Um, but, yeah, what you were talking about with that food shortage, that is something interesting. We're we going to have to read a little bit more into that and look at, you know, what types of food are you know, short, what types of food are getting affected and like what are their plans for when something like that happens? Right, because they were, they were saying, like the article that we read was about uh, white rice and how, again, it has something to do with sugar. Mm. How white rice has as much sugar in it as like a, a piece of candy is basically what they were saying. Mm-hmm. Which is, so, yeah. It's a possibility. We don't know, but we'll we'll definitely look into it and see if there's any additional things that we can um, figure out. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let us know what you think. Hit us up at Bill PWR on our social media channels. You can hit us up in our comments on YouTube. If you'd like to donate to the work we are doing in the city, again, uh, we're trying to stock the pantry with coats and warm clothes for the people. You can do so. Link is in the description. If you'd like to join us in Memphis, you can do so. Link is in the description. This has been Gabby. And- Katie. And this has been Building Our Power. <laughs>